I got issues. Hello and welcome to episode number 244 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside a shy rack where none of you are in a cult unless you're in a cult. And from America's left coast where AI is going to kill us all is if they can ever get it working. I'm Ryan Pemrose. And what are the odds that they get it working? I don't know. I yeah, just preparing this morning, I found four different AI stories I wanted to bring. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just filling the void left by CSB. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it needs to be covered because it is having such an impact, but it's also so ridiculous. I'm sure you have the story. The big one that was going around was about the fake robo calls with the fake yep. Biden. I, I knew that one would come up everywhere because it's so meme worthy and pretty much just makes everybody freak out. And even the people who have no idea about AI, they're like, oh, no, computers are killing us all. Well, the beautiful yeah. thing when you're delivering you your message via phone is the AI doesn't even have to be all that good. No, well, especially when when your AI of all the people to impersonate, if you're going to impersonate Biden. I pulled some some great quotes out of the AP News article like uh, uh, the, uh, the the OK, so what was happening? The call was going out to New Hampshire voters right before the primary. Uh, and depending on who you ask, this was either doing you know straight up election interference or just trying to it, it was people trying to influence voters. It's what happens. And uh, it was Joe Biden's voice. Say talking about uh, a bunch of malarkey, which is one of his catchphrases yes. and saying voting this Tuesday only enables the Republicans in their quest to elect Donald Trump again. Your vote makes a difference in November, not this Tuesday. And uh, and the calls were from a spoofed number, which happened to be the state DNC's uh, former chair's personal cell phone number. So, oh, of course, they interviewed her. That is a great little tidbit. Yeah. Get those so, phone calls back. You when people pick up the phone that well in itself, that is a great practical joke to pull on somebody. Then it was just the icing on the cake. Nobody's really going to notice that because they're all just coming from some number you don't have in your phone. So it's a bunch of digits and any sane person these days doesn't answer the freaking phone anymore. Yeah. If you don't know who it is, don't answer. Yeah, because it's scam it's a scam and uh, you know and if you don't think it's a scam from the number you don't recognize you don't think it's for a scam from you know it being a political message at all the fact that it's biden's voice should tell you that there's some lying going on yeah well especially on a primary that has nothing to do with the democrat party yeah. why is biden <laughs> and the interesting thing was leading up to new hampshire there was a lot of money going in for people that are Biden supporters who are anti-Trumpers who wanted people to go vote for Nikki Haley in order yeah. to embarrass Trump. 
They, they wanted every Democrat in the state to go vote for Haley just so that Trump wouldn't win. Right. And the interesting thing in New Hampshire is that if you're an independent, I think if you're even a Democrat, you can still walk in and say, I want to change my affiliation to Republican for this time around. And you can do that while you're asking for a ballot. So it's not like you have to do my, anything but show up. My understanding was it was an open primary where you just have a whole bunch of names on the ballot and can vote for whoever you wanted. Uh, which which is what Washington had when I was a kid and uh, the both parties, like the only bipartisan thing that has ever happened in my state ever in the entire history was when both parties got together and sued the state elections officials saying you're violating our right to assemble by having an open primary and ended up getting a court decision that forced us into this thing where you have to pick either the Republican ballot or the Democrat ballot, which is of course, totally screwing people who don't identify as either one. Yes. You have to choose one per election, I guess would be because you can't do well for both. the primary. Yes. The interesting yeah. thing though, then would have been, it seems that the Bidens, the Democrats were urging people to go vote for Nikki Haley. So then this going out was obviously Trump supporter. This was obviously a conservative <laughs> who put this together, which while it's I, it very, was obviously somebody who probably makes pretty good memes and would be great to have a drink with. Oh, probably like gummy nerds. Maybe the, I've never had a drink with gummy nerds. We well, should. He go, just go. Well, you have to go to Wisconsin, I think. Yeah, I, I need to I need to resolve this this hole in my life. The uh, intriguing thing with all of this is. What is the point of trying a primary? To bring, well, to try to bring Nikki Haley up to a point to where it looks like she's surging. And the, the next primary is in her home know, state make, and she's going to get waxed. Make her stick it out for another couple weeks before she finally realizes she has no chance. I think because she's because she's a, a war happy rhino that is the the part of the party who wants the 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 warmongers to stay in is shrinking so much well i it's think just, this is o'reilly hit it she on doesn't have a base he said uh what's going to probably happen now because it's four weeks until south carolina which is a lot of time well maybe that maybe that's time for donors to come in well it would be time for donors to come in it's also going to be time where i bet nikki haley is going to say hey Donald, debate me. What are you afraid of? This gives plenty of time, and it's a no-win situation for Trump because a debate with Nikki Haley, when he already knows he's going to win, it's like, what's the point? Well, except the point would be to embarrass him. The point would be that the mainstream media would have something to use against him yet again. See, I'm all for it for two for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, I don't care if it's politically beneficial for Trump or not. It would be entertaining as shit. Yes, it would be very entertaining. And secondly, I don't think it's going to hurt that much because he doesn't need her help to embarrass himself. Well, it's interesting that the mainstream media is trying to make him out to be Biden like he can't make a sentence. It's like that's not what's going on. I've seen the guy speak live recently on the Internet. and. Uh, He's not where Joe Biden is. And nobody in the mainstream talks about Joe Biden. You, you mean his brain is still there, right? His brain is still there. 
And this whole thing like, oh, no, he called Nancy Pelosi, Nikki Haley. Oh, you know, I've seen people uh, way younger than you and I now make that mistake. If somebody else is on your mind and obviously Nikki Haley was like his number one you know, challenger. So all you've been hearing, if you're Trump, is about Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley. So when you want to say Nancy Pelosi, and especially another name that starts with N, I can hear you. I can understand why you would make that mistake. And I mean, let's be honest here at the risk of sounding a little bit racist. All of the lizard people pretty much look the same. Kind of. Well, especially when they're in their full lizard, you know, without the human form. Yeah. Very much the same. So, um, yeah, I pulled pulled some good quotes out of the AI part. Uh, the The short version is this wouldn't even be a story, except that uh, New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella decided he wanted to make it a story. Uh, his office received some complaints. That's what happened. And, well, they're like, we got this phone call. It was probably from somebody yeah. in Moscow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody gave me a phone call and they weren't being honest and they were trying to scam me. It's like, yeah, that happens 300,000 times a day. Yeah. But uh, his office is investigating, investigating. That's pretty much what caused all of the news outlets to pick up. Um, he, uh, one of my favorite quotes from him was uh, that if voters receive a call, uh, this call claiming to be President Biden, they should disregard the contents of the message entirely. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. If you hear something from Biden, you should disregard it entirely because it is a lie. Yeah. If it's the real Biden, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I, I particularly liked was uh, from uh, AP. They interviewed man on the street, woman on the street. They just interviewed somebody and got this wonderful quote. I didn't think about it at the time that it wasn't his real voice. That's how convincing it was. Like. Bitch, the, the message was using complete sentences and not slurring words. Of course it was fake. Right. Well, that's again, this is why uh, if you're going to do an impersonation of Biden or Kamala, choose you, somebody who can speak. You got you got to throw something in that you, you got to be confusing. You can't make cognitive points when using those voices. People are like something doesn't seem right with Biden. He's making sense today. And Oma's pointing out in the troll room that uh, Elizabeth Warren was actually these robocalls couldn't exist anymore because Elizabeth Warren already saved us from that. Well, they were going to block all of these things coming in from outside the United States somehow, which you can't. I mean, I know there are ways to do verifications with different voice over IP companies, but there's companies popping up all the time. There are they can change companies and move around. You're going to start getting into a real problem when you start blocking a massive amount of VOIP traffic because you feel like it's all going to be fraudulent. There has to be a better way to go around. You know, there's no way to there, prove. There is. There is a decentralized way to do this. It's unfortunately something that that Turn for the current off. generation might might just be lost because it's something that you should be learning when you are a child and that is critical thinking skills and of course the government run schools it doesn't benefit the government for individuals to be able to think critically they might start to question some of the government bullshit they're getting so schools don't teach critical thinking but that is what we have to do you have to it, i've called it a bullshit detector before but you have to have the ability to 
Look at a message you're given and think critically about it. Who is giving this to me? What are their motivations? What kind of information is being presented in here? How does it jive with all the other information around? What uh, what steps can I take to verify whether or not this is true? We need people who can think critically about what they're told. So long as the entire public are a bunch of retarded sheep that regurgitate any message that comes across their Twitter feed, we're never going to solve the problem. And you certainly no technology can't rely. can do it. Yeah, you can't rely on the government or your phone company to be able to stop all of these calls from people that you don't know. The best thing you can do is on your phone have an app that if you don't have the person in your contacts, it sends them right to voicemail. That way, if it's something important, you know, if it's the hospital saying grandma's there, well, you'll get the message. But your phone will never ring. You will never be tempted to pick it up and fall for one of these scams. Now, granted, they could still use the caller ID of somebody you know, and then that is... <laughs> or the DNC party chair. They're right, the DNC party chair. I mean, if that's already in your context, then you're going to get it. But I don't think people understand. We lived in an era where one, the phones weren't wireless. They were on the wall. Yeah. And yeah, if, if you weren't at home, you didn't get phone calls. It was great. And if you, well, you also didn't have caller ID, which meant you yes. hear that little sound ring, ring. And you'd be like, oh, I wonder who that is. And to find yeah. out you'd have to answer. Yeah. You had to pick it up and say hello. And at that point, you might hear a voice that lets you recognize it. And sometimes they just start talking. You'd be like, who the hell is this? Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Oh, Here you. Oh, what's going on? It's me. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah me? I, okay. Well, you've used up your allotted amount of time to talk right now. Click. And when you were dating multiple girls and somebody called up as a female and said, hey, it's me, Ryan. You're like, oh, which me? Void Zero is dropping links for me in the troll room to encoding formats, liquid soap. Street. Doesn't he know does you're doing he realize a show? that I'm a little bit busy right now? No, he does not. I'm doing a thing through that Bemrose guy. <laughs> but not only that, we, we live in a time we lived in a time where there were no answering machines. Remember when answering machines were a big deal? I do. I, I remember when answering machines became a thing. And I remember when caller ID became a thing. And I remember a time before that when my parents used to make me answer the phone, possibly because they didn't want, they wanted to screen the calls. Right. If it's, if it's grandma Janie, Dellard, we're not here. That's how it worked. Yeah. That's what you had kids for. That was the best use for children. So they can answer the damn phone. That. And I was, I was dad's TV remote control. Yeah. And if the, uh, if you had the rabbit ears and something got a little fuzzy, like go stand and hold that rabbit ear. You on one side, Bemlet on the other. We got a perfect signal after that, though. Yes. Message received, Progo. And back in the day, you didn't know immediately. You watch these old like movies and television shows now when, you know, the bad guy calls up to taunt the authorities or whatever. And they're like, keep him on the line. And we need yeah. another oh, 30 yeah, yeah. seconds. That was always my favorite myth. Was there ever a time when that was true that it was like, well, you have to keep them on the line in order to, if, if they hang up before a certain time has passed, we lose the trace. Has that ever been true? I believe it was at the time, <laughs> which is amazing what, when you think about it. But when was it. the time, like 1966? Well, in, I think in through the 70s even, that they, if, because there was no record. I don't know how this can even be, but I Because there it, are movies coming out that use that exact mechanism, that, that trope. That are featuring all actors who were not alive in the, the 1970s. Time. Right. 
It's very interesting when you now that you look at it and it's like, well, everything has like, a here's log. A if you butt dial and hang up after one second and don't say a single word, there is a full log of everything. Your phone number, who you are, your caller ID, your physical location at the time, right. the state of your phone's Wi-Fi right. and your Facebook credentials. Uh-huh. They're all sent automatically. That wasn't the Stored way it used database. to be. So it's a different world now with uh, and this is why we all get AI phone calls. and. Uh, that's not going to change. I mean, I have an article uh, as well, a story, which I didn't realize that this was already a thing with the iPhones at late last year, but now on Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it, they are allowing people to make video and audio calls on Android. Now, I guess this was already a thing on the iPhones. If you are a paying member to Twitter, which means this is a whole Elon really is trying to make this into a one-stop shop, but this is now another place you can get spam phone calls. If you don't go nice. and turn it off. Uh-huh. So go turn that off if you don't want, because you don't even have to be a paying member to get the phone. I got to hand it to you. I never thought it would happen. You have finally come up with a real scenario where blocking is useful. Yes, because you don't want these people to <laughs> give you up. Like, no, and they don't need your phone number. They just need to go to your Twitter account. And it's like, you want to talk about the possibilities? I'm sure there's yeah. something. You know who doesn't need my phone number? Twitter. Right. But see, it won't even, they don't even need your phone number because if you have the app installed, your phone's going to ring and it'll be your Twitter app rather than your phone. Oh, that's an argument never to use apps. Exactly. You need another one. You've heard that. Yeah. I think you've you know, made I that am argument. All for, I am all for Elon deciding to turn X.com into an amalgam of every single online site and service that exists. I want to see how far he gets with this before it crashes and fails horribly. Yeah, well, he's it got, will be entertaining. He's got video now and the video. I mean, you got Tucker Carlson. You got other people that are jumping Have they brought on back there. Vine yet. I don't know because it kind of turned into TikTok, but I, I mean that, yeah, you can I mean, they're your- competing with YouTube. They're competing yep. with Facebook, their comp- uh, Instagram. Uh, I, I, they used to have the, the thing that was TikTok before TikTok was, and now they're trying to be a bank. What? Yeah. And, and they're phone. taking on, they're taking on Ma Bell now. They want to be FaceTime as well. Cause you could do video calls as well as just straight audio. So it would be the one-stop shop. All you need is Elon. Now, the question is, Elon's going to have a lot more of your data then. Do you trust Elon? Nope. Didn't think so. I mean, maybe a little bit more than I trust, say, uh, Sergey Brin. (laughs) Well, or a lot of people that are running. Or Satya Nadella or or Jeff Bezos. But actually, Jeff Bezos has way too much on me. He has way too much on you. And soon they want to charge. That's the other big story. They want to charge for the Alexa. Yeah, yeah, there's no way that can possibly work. Well, now it depends if they make it uh, where you have to, to use your, continue using your device. I'm guessing is. But what do people use it for? It's a a music player and an alarm clock. Those products exist already. And that, I believe, will remain free. Where they want to charge people is to more or less turn on the chat GPT functionality where you can ask the questions to the device and it will give you the answers much like you would 
on chat gpt now and for everybody that's like oh no how can they charge for that it's like well for me to do chat gpt i've got to pay for that too it's an extra charge none of these things are free well no wait i'm lying there are a few of the models that are free but you really don't want to use them for anything critical i i I, i'm just thinking okay first of all you know how when when you use your chat gpt in a browser and it gives you text back it, it's not verbose or it, it's not, it's not succinct. It is verbose. It yes. is they, like, you'll get page after page after you, you're like, what time is it chat GPT? And it's like, well, first of all, let us discuss the concept of time. <laughs> like, no, you stupid, just answer the stupid question. And anybody who thinks that they want that reply spoken to them, it's like, d- don't you want you want something slightly more interesting, go to podcast index and drop the needle on any random podcast. You're going to get something marginally better. Uh, <laughs> As somebody who's got really shitty eyes, I can see a use for it, but it's not with the majority of the people. They're going to have to tighten up the text output by these LLMs. There yes. is no possible way. Like it, I, I cannot imagine when it's, four paragraphs in response, you know, what is two plus two? And it gives you four paragraphs talking about the meaning of the plus sign. No, that is not something you can do in, in a voice. You've got to tighten it up. By the way, I am, uh, I mentioned podcasts because that is exactly the opposite of what this and any, every other podcast does. We're trying to fill time, but frankly, you guys are listening. So who's the fool here? <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, I've got time to fill. I mean, so you never know what we're going to talk about. But yeah, I, I, I look at this and I'm like, people who want to connect to chat GPT, don't get me wrong. Giving a prompt by voice, that sounds amazing. I just, the, the current batch of LLMs, the reply, it's going to start the reply and you're going to be sitting here going, you know, I got to leave the room because I got to pee sometime right. before midnight. They're going to have to have a succinct mode. Yeah. I, I just, I see a hundred people actually wanting to sign up and pay for that. And 93 of them will be journalists who just want to get the story and talk about it. Well, they want to hear about themselves. Like Donald Trump, he would, pay I said journalists, yeah. he would ask about himself and then just let, let the thing talk. DigiGuru says, do you remember when eBay bought Skype, believing that people would use it to make calls when auctioning their stuff? I do not actually. But I can under, I believe it uh, for some that, reason. That I was don't the remember story that. at the time. Yeah. That it was, a, we, I always thought anybody who believed that was kind of stupid, but it I mean, it was cool that because it's that still ripe for scams. Investing. That's the, that's the problem is that it didn't really add anything to the uh, believability. It didn't add anything to the trust factor. I've seen people go as far. I mean, granted, I think these were all uh, Taylor Swift fans when either selling or and therefore trading. not real people. Exactly. They're all just figments of people's imagination. But when selling or trading merchandise, we're like, okay, tell you what, we'll get on FaceTime or we'll get on Skype, whatever. And we'll both go to the post office at the same time. So I can like see you giving my package to the postal carrier and you can see me giving your package. So we know that we each actually mailed it. And I'm like, how hard would That's it really retarded. be to make a fake mail? you know counter in your home that you could want to just scam people with 
it wouldn't be hard to just be in an area that looks like a post office. You put some kind also, of stupid. Also, that's little, retarded when you could yeah. just get the the recipient service or whatever they offer. That. Right, but it's like we want to make sure. Well, I'm not going to send yours in the mail until I see you send mine in the mail. It's like because you don't know what if what they're sending. And I'm like, and again, you can do sleight of hand. You can see me put your thousand dollar object into a box as long as that box is on the screen, I guess, constantly you would be okay. But if it goes out for one second, somebody could be swapping in a box with a brick. If we're operating at this level of mistrust, then we are there. Then what are we even doing? Joe Biden, you know, (laughs) at this point, you just arrange to meet in person. That's yes. Your option. Yes. And if you you use, I mean, you know, of course, there's always going to be somebody in Silicon Valley who's like, actually, we can make this work. All we have to do is introduce blockchain. We, we need a new right. We need a new app with blockchain and we can get it all taken care of. But if you want to, yeah, if you have the ability to meet somebody in person, that's the way to do it. But I will also uh, put the caveat there. Do it at the uh, local police station, not not in some back alley. If you if you don't know the person that is, it's like you and I don't even know if a lot of people realize this. Most police stations are more than happy if you're like, hey, meet me in the lobby of the whatever police station, you know, the Seattle or the Austin or wherever you are. Just say, let's meet at this police station to do the sale. Most the cops are not going to mind. You'll be like, hey, what's going on? They're like, I'm waiting for somebody. We're buying something. They get it. They don't want people to get uh, beaten up. They don't want people to get robbed. And if they are going to get beaten up and robbed, it's very convenient if it happens right in their lobby because they don't even have to go anywhere. See, the last time I sold a $20,000 item to somebody I'd never met anywhere but online, uh, I did it in a Safeway parking lot. Was it because a car? It was. It was uh, actually, it was my dad's car after he died. And did you have backup? Did you bring Bemlet? Yeah, he was there. We looked like <laughs> fucking Guido. It's like, you know, I'm not a small guy, but he makes me look scrawny. <laughs> You brought the muscle with. Yeah. But uh, no, I was going to say grocery store parking lot, at least around here, because the local government has basically stopped prosecuting petty crime. uh, Every establishment has is responsible for their own security. So I don't know if you have them where you are. Uh, Every parking lot around here has the little trailer that has the big eye in the sky thing that goes up. It's got solar panels and a big camera mounted on it and blue flashing lights. And uh, it has a giant voice system. That's like, you know, protected by security for your, you know, for your security to make you feel better. We are watching everything you do. Like, and these, like there, the local Safeway has uh people who go like like an armed guard who's basically his whole job is to walk around the parking lot of this safe it's a good and, and then walk like they are serious about security so I, I mean i i almost trust that more than a police station these days i believe oh it was uh not whole foods it was the one of those other chains it was just about to leave san francisco and all of a sudden san francisco's like okay we'll give you cops to be in the in the I guess at the location. Oh, you mean like, like the city is supposed to do for everyone anyway. Uh huh. But it's, I don't know if I would still show up with like $20,000 in cash into a grocery, you know, parking lot and feel like, you know, I'm not going to get robbed. Well, the beauty was I didn't have to show up with it. I just had to take it and leave. Right. Well, you had that was <laughs> you had the easy part. It was the other guy coming in with yeah. the cash. And then he sees yeah. you and Bemlet and I'd be like, yeah, get well, out he of here. sees the two of us is like, 
Am I going to get the, I know I'm not walking out of here with the cash. Right. Am I going to get that truck or not? Exactly. <laughs> Luckily you were honest and he did, but a lot of people aren't so lucky anymore. Yeah. Well, some people are assholes. Avoid the scam. A lot of people are. That's the problem. Uh, that, and, and more than that, I mean, people don't trust each other. I, they, you know, they're they, again at the risk of sounding like a, you know, get off my lawn. I, Social media has screwed everybody up. Nobody can like nobody can pick their next door neighbor out of a police lineup if they have to these days. It it, like you don't get out and meet other human beings anymore face to face. Everybody has this anxiety. Everybody on every one of my routes, there's always a, a camera doorbell or, you know, if there's not, there's usually a camera of some kind poking out. Like, right. I am on camera at every frigging house I visit. I, I have to more than once resist the urge to flick off the talking cameras, the ones that <laughs> you walk anywhere near the porch and it's like, smile, you're being recorded. And I'm like, yeah, fuck off. You're being delivered to. <laughs> well, that's and your if, job. If I'm, if I'm in a good mood, I won't stomp the fucking package. Thank you. We don't have a ring doorbell, but I do have Wi-Fi uh, cameras. Oh, we have cameras too window. here. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying we're. Like, we're not innocent. We're also not stupid. Of course, we have a camera outside. Yeah, I don't stream them anywhere. But the reality is when people like you, you you're mean, coming up you to a house and you see a you camera. You don't send them to a database somewhere in Seattle at the Amazon offices to be archived forever and handed over freely to anybody who asks. No, I mean, really, I don't even have them. Because uh, that's what the ring doorbells do here. It's I just <laughs> I just figure it's a deterrent. If somebody sees the camera, they're like, well, I may as well go to the next house. You know, they make fake cameras for like, you know, five bucks each. You can just attach. You put those all around. Nobody's going to try anything at your place. Nope. They're like, don't want nothing to do with this guy. He seems like a recluse, probably has a lot of guns. Which is true. I was going to say, I'm not arguing that fact. (laughs) The kind of two and two does equal four in that case. But, you know, I'm not insane. Maybe I guess I guess that's up for interpretation. That is a matter of opinion. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm probably not going to pay for the Amazon You do five thing. live podcasts a week. I mean, let's set our standards here. That's why I have to fill time a lot of time. A lot of time. A lot of time. That's how we talk about things like the Amazon devices and be like, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't pay for a chat GPT enabled device because you are absolutely correct. I mean, I like the fact that just in a pinch, because I mean, I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It is convenient if you're doing things around the house just to be able to say, hey, play this rather than, oh, I have to go get my phone. I have to plug it into the main stereo. Do I really have to call back to a half hour ago? That is what kids are for. Yes, I know. I don't have the kids, though. (laughs) So if anybody wants to send me some Well, whose fault is that? Mm -hmm. The uh, nice thing is they work very well as alarm clocks. We do use ours as an alarm clock. Yeah, no, the devices. I mean, the kids can do that too. Total side story. Just have to mention, I don't have kids in my house to wake me up at the, but my cat has learned that I get up at five 30 on work days because at five 30 this morning, I looked over at my alarm. Well, I, I was sound asleep and the cat starts walking across my pillow and using her little paws to bat me in the face and then (laughs) meowing loudly and then rubbing her face head against the back of my head and i look over and it says 534 like you're late she knows <laughs> you're late get up 
You're like, it's not a work day. <laughs> like, like, I'm, not, I'm not working today. I don't have to be up at this time. And she's like, yes, you are. Meow. Yeah. You don't get to choose that. You do not make yeah. that decision yourself. Your ass will be awake and petting me. You have an appointment on the toilet right now so I can rub against your legs. There's got to be some food coming in. Oh, uh, yeah. That's how it well, all works they, out. Yeah. I, I think I may have screwed myself on that one because my, my breakfast on work days is usually something like ham and eggs. Oh. And our cats are totally addicted to ham. <laughs> and so I have a tendency sometimes when I when I slice it, I'll cut a little tiny extra piece off and give one to each cat. And I might have created a monster. Uh-huh. They're like, it's ham time. Yeah. So, so now on my days off, 5.30 a.m., wake up, ham time. You are so lucky. But at least nobody's calling you on your cell phone. We're right now. Potential spam well, coming on my be. phone right now. It's always, I have to just start blocking more numbers. Potential spam. Well, of course, it's all spam. It's all spam. Everything's spam. Even like, you know, my mom calls me. I'm like, oh, spam. Spam. Just put it through to the spam folder. <laughs> Maybe if the AI can get smart enough, it can differentiate between the two. But I mean, but I do like some of the things that it does, but I like the basics. I would never do crazy, intricate things where the thing is listening. It, it kind of freaked me out. We talked about this when they started the service, and I think, I don't know if it's still even going on or if the, this was canceled. But the Amazon service, I think it may have been canceled, where if it heard breaking glass, it would send like an alert, like, you know, in case somebody was breaking into your house. If it heard a what sounded like a smoke alarm, it would send an alert. I thought that was fairly interesting, but also yeah, right up until you put on the Billy Joel track, sometimes a fantasy. Right. You know, or you watch television and they have a fire alarm going off or a smoke detector. And all of a sudden your device is calling the local police or fire going fire. No. So what you've got is an auto swatting device. Yes. Which a lot of people are getting swatted. So, I mean, there's that. They're good for the basic stuff, but I don't like the, uh, the concept of going too far down that rabbit hole, I guess. I mean, it would be interesting if you can turn it on and off. Like if you really, you know, for kids, younger kids doing homework or something like that, if you can ask a question and get an answer. I guess there's some uses for it. That that's what parents are supposed to be for. Well, yeah. If but. if we didn't have an entire generation of public school parents who really don't know the answers. Well, the parents are too busy watching TikToks or making their TikToks to yeah. help their kids with the homework. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the problem. Well, fortunately, I mean, we have access to YouTube that will allow us at a moment's notice to gather the information, the the knowledge that we need. That's why nobody ever has to learn anything in schools anymore, because if you need to know something, you can just look it up on YouTube. There is a lot of knowledge on YouTube. Yeah. There's a and lot YouTube of is, is now YouTube is now gatekeeping uh, some Uh-oh. of that knowledge. Uh, in particular, uh, the first aid videos was the story I'm, I'm leading in. Believe it or not, that was a segue, which Ooh, I just nice by mentioning. Segue. Yeah, was uh, well, YouTube had uh, started up a uh, uh, they they started last year. They started a trustworthy health information system as part of their push to fight disinformation, uh, which involves putting up a lot of official videos on topics and then banning any any video on the topic that isn't official because it has misinformation. 
Uh, I, I'll get back to that. But the one in particular right now is first aid videos. Uh, the quote from that I pulled out of The Verge is, if you search YouTube for what to do if someone is suffering a heart attack, the platform will now display credible first aid explainer videos at the very top of the search results. Uh, credible in this case means they made Google made them. That that's what made you know because there's nobody out there who could possibly know anything more than some engineer at Google. Uh, Google made them in partnership with Mass General Brigham, which I guess is somewhere in Boston. Well, at least they have doctors involved. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but they have woke doctors involved and Mexican Red Cross. Apparently not the American Red Cross, just the Mexican one. Sure. Why? Was our Red Cross too busy in America? Do they just not like the idea of saving that lives? That might be the case. Uh-huh. They're, they're too busy working through George W. Bush's blankets and water. They're still trying to get, go through all <laughs> those. They're still working on getting aid to Haiti. <laughs> It'll get there by uh, 2046, I think. Uh, so the first aid videos that they have created in the first batch are uh, if you do a search on any of these, what you will theoretically get, at least according to this Verge article, uh, on heart attack, opioid over overdose, seizure, psychosis. That seems like a broad category. Uh, CPR, choking, Heimlich maneuver, bleeding, stroke, snake bite, tourniquet, suicide attempt or poisoning then what you will get as the first result is a, a video created by Google in with association with some medical professional as the, the official information. Uh, <clears throat> I don't like this. Well, no, because uh, one, the video for how to tell if somebody is having a heart attack would go something like this. Call 911 and get off YouTube, moron. That is, in fact, uh, a quote that The Verge pulled from the American Red Cross was. <laughs> maybe that's the, why they didn't want oh, anything it was to do a warning. Yeah, maybe that's it. Because <laughs> the 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 note from the American Red Cross in the article was call 911 before browsing YouTube. Yes. Yes. please. I, and, you know, I my first thought was, well, duh, obviously, are you stupid? Then I remembered, <laughs> yes. oh, right. We do have an entire generation of people who don't have any information in their brain. All of their information is on YouTube. They're like, I need to know some, how do I breathe? Let me check a YouTube video. Yep. Sir Omaha says they'd be going to YouTube to learn how to dial nine one one. That might be the case. Right. They type nine one one into the search box so they can see a video to figure out how to type nine one one into the phone. I mean, can't you just see like, you know, grandpa's having a heart attack and the millennial grabs the phone and like, oh, let me let me, let me Google this. Okay, let me YouTube this. And then they get distracted by their TikTok and by the time they look up, grandpa's blue. Yeah. So I don't I don't like it. I don't trust it. And maybe my problem is that I am too skeptical. I don't trust the government. I don't trust the medical establishment. You can, I don't care how many credentials and how many PhDs you have at, at mass general Brigham. Where the hell is Brigham? Is that not like the Boston mass general? Is it? Yeah, why is this yeah. a different place? Like, anyway. There's like a double thingy or other. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I definitely, definitely do not trust Google enough. I I'm skeptical. I can't, Think of too many good reasons to be. I just don't trust these people. Honestly, on the surface, this seems like a pretty good idea. But here's where I'm bothered most by this. Um, 
YouTube started their trustworthy health information with, uh, you know, putting up official videos and banning all videos. You know what? Believe it or not, I am perfectly fine with putting up videos saying this came from the Mexican Red Cross and therefore is the only possible official knowledge. And if people trust the Mexican Red Cross, then then it's important and valuable that that be first. The part I don't like, and this is, of course, secondhand to anybody at Google whose worldview involves imposing authoritarian views, is that they're banning all other videos, saying it's misinformation. Yes, I understand Um, putting them further down the list, but... But removing the videos entirely, it just, no, that, that it doesn't work because... How many, first of all, practically speaking, how many people out there have seen something that, that some authority came out and said, this is the official version. And then you see an error in it. It happens. Not everything is going to be perfect all the time. It, it is not possible. No matter how credentialed your experts are. And I, you, you and I might have different opinions about how much those credentials are valued. 100% is not possible. So. If somebody tells you, oh, if you're choking, what you need to do is uh, stick your entire fist in their mouth. And you're like, I'd like a second opinion on this. Yes, oh, yes, look, please. YouTube doesn't have any second opinions. This is the only one. I mean, I, I get having a bunch of people. Now, you would have to be able to verify their credentials. But say, you know, YouTube had. I care more about verifying their information than their credentials. Right. What well, same thing. I'm just saying if YouTube could verify that these hundred people are doctors and these hundred doctors decided they're going to watch yeah. the medical videos on YouTube and then they can, you know, vote. Is this proper, correct, helpful information or is this bad? Then you would have at least an expert panel, truly experts, not just people pretending to be doctors. But you would have some way to kind of vet that information that would. But again, I don't want to never take away the other stuff. No, no, obviously. I mean, that that I think is baseline. YouTube has effectively unlimited storage. They should not be removing videos simply because you don't think they're the best one. And you know, I, I don't even like the idea of demanding everybody have credentials simply because that they're going to use that to gatekeep the you're right. If if there's choking or a heart attack, there's probably plenty of doctors who know well enough or are going to have credentials. But what happens when you need to find the one video from the world's foremost expert on what to do if you accidentally stuff a Cadbury cream egg in your left ear? That guy <laughs> is a YouTuber uh, who has no degree and just happens to know from experience that really what you should do is pound on your right ear and then, you know, flood it with syrup or something like that video is not going to come out of the mainstream credentialed me. Also, if you need that one, then please film it because I want to watch now. (laughs) That is now a YouTube video we're looking for, but it's a, uh, to think that unless something again, And I don't even think you have to remove it. But if again, for health stuff, if you have a little thing, if you've got 100 doctors or however many doctors that said, okay, under the video title, uh, you know, 95 percent of doctors that have watched this say this is not good advice. You can still watch it. That, That is a yeah, that is a valuable piece of information. That information should be listed. 
you should still be able to watch it just so you can find out what not to do. Because right. when learning, what not to do is often as important as what you should do. And it could be entertaining. And it, and is, yeah, often more entertaining. Now, let me let me just throw out here because I just spotted it in my notes and should have brought this up earlier. The main reason why I do not trust Google, the medical establishment, the government to decide what is good medical information and what is misinformation is because the what was the very, very first topic that kicked Google into wanting to do this, wanting to be the authoritative source of all medical information? It was well, they started early with abortion and cancer and what? Well, the one that really skyrocketed, it would be COVID. COVID-19. And I have lots of information to say that the medical establishment got it wrong. <laughs> uh, Google got it wrong. The government got it wrong. And whatever it is you think about COVID, and if you've listened to this show, you know my take on it. The, the very fact that we went through several years where there was only one view that was allowed and people were fired from their jobs and arrested and had and censored be to the end of the earth if they ever had any view. And oh, now there's lots of information that that view wasn't quite correct, whether you're talking about uh, the vaccines or the, you know, whether or not ventilators killed people or uh, the idea of wearing diapers on your face or how effective is it against an airborne virus to stand six feet apart? Right. Not at all. There Or masks. Not at all. Now, I'm not saying that the Mexican Red Cross or Mass General Brigham is going to get it wrong on what to do if somebody needs a Heimlich maneuver. That one's pretty well understood. I'm just saying that you cannot censor everything because you have to allow for the possibility that new information, the, the science may change later. And you have just destroyed all evidence that anybody might have known. And science always does change for most things. There's always the um, the concept that if, as you said, new information comes out, that the thought pattern on what has been known can very quickly change. You know, we look and at what if they I did. may be allowed to steal a joke from Reddit because I particularly liked this one on the topic. Ooh, you've been on Reddit again. I it's uh yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. Actually, no, it's not a pleasure. It's just guilty. Just guilty. Guilty. <laughs> we find but, you guilty. Um, this one was uh, uh, on. It was on the topic of call nine one one before browsing YouTube. Was there something else you're going to get before the YouTube? It's YouTube. You're not going to get the how to do the Heimlich maneuver or what to do when somebody has a seizure until you've watched your four sixty second unskippable ads. Well, that would be the other question. Do the they, jokes write themselves. Yeah. Now, if YouTube actually has ads on those videos, then they are killing people. I, I think that's probably true. And I don't know if YouTube would put ads on there or not, because I don't necessarily attribute to Google that they wouldn't want to kill people. But come on, you have to demonetize those. If if you care about people, you definitely don't put ads on those, especially if they're house videos that are produced by Google. Now, in and some areas, calling a 911 might take a long time, Progo. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Yeah. The length of at least four unskippable ads. Uh-huh. Yeah, even, to, even to get to 911. Really, what you should do is start 
start playing the ad and then call 911 and then make sure that the 911 operator has to listen to the ads too because it's only equitable. No. Maybe. It I mean I don't I know don't if know. I would be going to YouTube for emergency I, medical information. I know there are a lot of people that go, go to YouTube to, for everything. Well, not only YouTube, but just the internet overall for health stuff. Go to a sure. freaking doctor. I mean, I understand you don't trust all doctors, well, but find YouTube a doctor, is closer than a doctor. Yeah, find a doctor that you can trust, though, because it's way more accurate than putting into Google. Uh, my left testicle's really swollen and my uh, nose is running. What do I got? Well, but every one of these topics: heart attack, overdose, seizure, uh, CPR, choking. All of these are things where if you need to go to a doctor and, you know, in in America with most HMOs, it's really a matter of you call up the doctor and they're like, well, we've got an appointment available for you in March. Uh, it, it, like, doctors are not available like they used to be. You know, 30 years ago, you might have your family doctor and you had his phone number because you could call him at home and he was happy to make a house call. And nowadays, the HMO doctors are like, well, you should go to the ER if it's really important. Like, it, people go to the ER because they have the common cold. Why? Because their freaking doctor won't see them for six weeks. You need a doctor that cares about you. Find them before you need them. Exactly right program. You want to know the genius of the grumpy old Ben's experts? Speedy Bubble just came in with one, two, three, four sats saying, the unskippable ads before the emergency medical video should all be for funeral homes. <laughs> That's stuff just, you're going to need. That is just wrong. Speedy bubble. But I like it. Are you kidding? That's awesome. <laughs> how, yeah. How can I tell if I'm having a heart attack? And the first thing that pops up when you're getting ready for your eternal rest, come to <laughs> Bemrose funeral home. We will take great care in making sure all of your post life needs are met be some good stuff that's genius absolute it's genius. genius and thank you Speedy Bubble. A, we are open we I, are lit you know we are oh my god no no i can't handle it. i had another story that i i sort of already threw my segue away on this one but that's fine because they were notoriously dangerous always running into walls uh we need but, a rim uh, shot we need we need some video audio clips we need some sound i'm effects. just too hilarious for this room this is true you're too hilarious for every room. Uh, this was a warning from the UK National Cybersecurity Center. Warning, warning. AI is going to make scam emails look genuine. How? <laughs> I mean, how is it going to be any different than what we're getting now? What can an I don't AI know, maybe do? they'll spell the words right. Well, that would be helpful if they had. That's all they really need is spell check. They don't even need AI. <laughs> It's it's but AI is a new technology to do a thing that an old technology could do, which is kind of the story of half the AI things out there. The Bemrose Funeral Home will guarantee your corpse will not be anally violated by a necrophiliac if you pay us just a little bit extra. You have to get the premier plan. Well, what if it's not a necrophiliac? I mean, we've got lots of people <laughs> who are just they're they're desperate necrophilic necrophilic curious. Yeah. Well, that we can't guarantee. Yeah. Cannot guarantee. The, uh, I got this story via The Guardian uh, because uh, I could not 
I couldn't find the original because the Guardian doesn't leak sources. And honestly, I you know was just looking shit up. And that always uh, makes you trust these sites when they won't yeah, tell yeah. you where the source material is. Yeah, you know the Guardian can be trusted because they don't need to link where they got the information from. They probably got it from AI, if I'm honest. I'm not, but if I am. Uh, the NCSC, uh, which is UK's yeah, National Cybersecurity Center, uh, warns that people will struggle in the next coming years to identify phishing messages, including messages that ask users to reset passwords. Uh, they, they say generative AI, the term for technology that can produce convincing text, voice, and images from simple hand prompts has become widely available to the public. Okay. Where is it? Yeah. Convincing text. It depends what you mean by convincing. I think it does. I mean, I've seen um, some very good, text generators but text is the easiest thing to do it's way harder yes. to do audio video it, it is what it is is it is becoming easier to sound like a human but i don't think that's because ai has been getting all that much smarter i think it's, it's just that our standards dumber? for humans yeah. have gone down so I, much i totally agree there the tour the touring test ain't what it used to be no it is not the bar is so, lowered so much we have to keep digging my favorite line out of the, the, my favorite line from NCSC via the guardian was that state actors quote, probably have enough malware to train a specially created AI model that would create new code capable of avoiding security measures. They are warning that AI code generation is going to create new malware that cannot be stopped. I'm skeptical. Yeah. I'm skeptical. Although I can see. I've that played with these code generation they can barely do hello world and it takes 12 paragraphs yes now where i do believe they might have a possibility to do something a little different with the spam email because a lot of these spam emails are caught because of filters because things are totally the same with a million different emails if they vary every spam email that goes out even just a little bit it may be harder to pick up on that I I think that actually defeating AI spam filters, let's just admit, call it what it is. It is an early form of AI. It, it uses heuristics to look for things that are likely statistically to be. It's basically what an LLM is doing in reverse, except filtering instead of generating that. I think that, you know, given that it's heuristic and given that it's iterative, and evolutionary, I think that that is where AI spam could probably shine is getting through filters, trying to convince people that's different. It takes some pretty dumb people because you still have to click on the link and you still have to fall for it. And I mean, it's so tiring. I mean, I've gotten so many invoices for my Norton 365 or whatever it is. I'm like, I don't have Norton 365. Yeah, me too. I get invoices <laughs> all the time for your Norton 365. And they're like, if you if you do not want to pay for this, then make sure yeah. you call us within 24 hours. Yes. If you you if you do nothing, then your then Darren's subscription to Norton 365 is going to expire. Yes, and we don't want that. But people fall for it. They must fall for it all the time. I don't know so, how. So the meat of this story is that uh, the NCSC is calling for stronger action and saying that unless public and private bodies fundamentally change how they approach the threat of ransomware, 
An incident of the severity of the British Library attack is likely in each of the next five years. They want to scare people. They want more laws and they want more deep state funding. That's what I'm reading out of this one. And they want people to have less freedom, because if you have freedom, you could do things like this. And they have a solution on the horizon. Uh, They are the UK government is currently seeking uh, feedback for something called the Cyber Governance Code of Practice, which is a new regulation framework because cybersecurity, uh, it calls on government and big corporations to save us all because presumably they only they can. The only thing that I want out of the government, the big corporations to stop screwing things up even worse. But what, you know, I think I'm setting my sights too high. But um, yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to dig in because, again, it was it was difficult to even find the text of the Cyber Governance Code of Practice. I'm going to try to find that one and, and look it up and I might bring it back if it's got some juicy stuff. But for now, let's just imagine that it is a deep state written document that imposes regulations on technology and increases the amount of government surveillance and big corporation data collection that has to happen in order to keep us all safe. Because I've read a few of these before. Yeah, the EU does not have the freedom we have here now, and it's only getting worse. Uh, It also calls out ransomware. um, And I just wanted to call one point about ransomware because everybody who wants an online solution to things, whether it be uh, cybersecurity, whether it be uh, some kind of whether it be the the problem of hate speech of right. people say bad things people are thinking wrong think online we need to fix it and the only thing that anybody's brain ever goes to is enforcement 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 we need to create some kind of strong centralized system of one organization that of course is filled with people who think like me because that's the only possible way that we could make it work and those people are responsible for punishing anybody who thinks wrongly online. And same thing with ransomware. They want to create a stricter enforcement framework to around making sure that, uh, you know, people changing how people create their systems, changing how people respond to ransomware, lots of reporting back to the government, et cetera, et cetera. Me, I always look for an incentive based solution first. Because incentive-based solutions will always work better than enforcement-based solutions if you have one. So what's the incentive-based solution around ransomware? You make it less appealing to hack the system. If you are going to hack a system, if you are going to encrypt somebody's entire database and then force money out of them, which one are you more interested in hitting? If you could hit any system in the world, would you rather hit x.com or noauthority.social? X. Why is that? More people. Right. And dumber people. The solution, maybe. The incentives based solution to this is decentralization. It is stop putting these single corporate controlled services in charge of millions and millions of people. It is not viable. You can't shut down. If you have unlimited hacking skills, you could shut down Facebook. You could shut down Google. You could shut down Twitter. You cannot shut down the Fediverse. Why? Because there's no central server. There's no central anything. For that matter, you can't shut down Bitcoin. Same reason. Which is Uh, why with the ransomware is very 
intertwined with whether well, maybe not completely Bitcoin, but yes, Bitcoin and the ones like Monero, the ones that are very hard to trace. This is why one of the big reasons they've been trying to shut those kind of things down, because they realize that criminal actors can force people to give money and then it not be traced. And when it can't be traced, the government doesn't like that. I'm not convinced that's the reason. I am convinced that's the excuse that's given. It's still that just honest people can't use that to do things the government can't trace. I am coming to the conclusion that the reason why the government wants to shut down decentralization so, so much is because the public are starting to wake up to the bullshit that they're pulling and how incredibly corrupt and dishonest the people in power are. And at some point we're going to heads are going to start rolling. And the way that you stop people from noticing the way, you know, you you might not be able to prevent the revolution, but you can probably, if you are one of the people whose heads would roll, you might be able to push it out another 20 years. And by then you'll have retired and put somebody else on the spotlight. Fine. You know, like, you know, Fauci is no longer really in the spotlight anymore. Why? Because he did his damage. He's already done all of his crimes and made his millions and millions of dollars. And now he's willing to let all the heat fall on someone else. If you are the kind of person whose head is going to roll, you want to delay people realizing what you've done for as long as possible. How do you do that? You strictly control all messaging of all types. You strictly control every single system that you can strictly control is one that you can prevent the people from figuring out. Well, hell yeah. Decentralization. That's how you take over a nation. You start capturing all the communications. You you get rid of the radio. You get rid of television. Or you can take control of them so you can give your propaganda over it. So, yeah, call me an anti-government anarchist conspiracy theorist if you want. People love to put labels. I know people love to put (laughs) labels on things. and, And that one fits pretty well. I at this point, the number of extremely corrupt, greedy, horrible people that have control over everybody in the public's lives, one level of control or another is way too high. And even the general public knows it. They just look at this and go, oh, the system is bad. They don't realize that, yeah, the system is bad because somebody is making it that way intentionally, or they don't want to realize because the very scope of how much people have been duped is incredible. It's taken me years and years to go, oh my gosh, this is happening intentionally. Yes. Even the parts where it's not intentional by one group, there's, there's often, you know, some very large group of people who are not necessarily getting in a room and meeting with smoke and, and, you know, talking about it. Like there's no, there's no dude sitting in a chair with his head cut off off camera, stroking a cat and, and dictating the evil plans. What you have is a whole lot of people out there who all have the means and the motivation to screw over the little guy and will just continue doing so because it serves their interests. We, man, I'm going off the deep end on this one. We also have to beware the honeypots, as Baron Spud the Mighty's pointing out. Tor isn't private. 23% of Tor is government tracking nodes. He says, I do not disbelieve that because the stories that I've read about Tor came down to the concept basically being this. We are the uh, NSA, CIA, whatever three-letter agency, most likely those. And we have people that are doing work 
over in areas, you know, maybe Ukraine, Russia, China, and we want them to be able to communicate with the mothership. And if you just set up something like Tor and it was only used by those people, well, then they would stick out. But, you know, if you ask a bunch of crazy people like uh, the listeners of this show to go start using Tor so you can cover the traffic, that makes a lot of sense. But there are so many people that does. I think so that don't know how any of this stuff works there was a story on the google with the lawsuit where they came to a five billion dollar settlement because people were confused about the way that the incognito mode worked yes that actually is one that i did on angry tech news this morning (laughs) woo well see baron spud the mighty also mentioned that these kind of things work on tour so we also can mention that it's the same thing i gotta mention yet when I started doing my own Bitcoin lightning node, one of the biggest challenges that I faced was that I did not install Tor and run all my connections over Tor. I, I And they wanted this is, the lightning works better if it is on Tor? Is that how this? No, it's not that the lightning works better if it's on Tor. It's that a lot of people on the lightning network are both paranoid and ill-informed about who controls all the Tor exit nodes. That I can understand. If so, basically I had to connect only with nodes that either had an open IP address or weren't using Tor. And there aren't that many not using Tor. I guess and I should have, sense, but, yeah. but as, as you know, everything I do online, I do in hard mode. Yeah. Well, you, you learn it the hard way. You do it through trial and error. And you just try to, you, well, that's what you have a hammer for. You try to make it work. Yeah, something like that. But the concept of incognito mode, I see, and again, I guess I know too much for my own good because I understood what incognito mode meant was that there will be no traces on your computer like it would if you were in the regular mode that would show <laughs> that you went to this URL. I never no. thought for a minute that it was like, well, they're not tracking you on the other end because of course they are. Well, of course they're tracking you on the other end, but it doesn't even remove all traces on your computer. No, it just keeps it out of your history. Uh, here, here's what it does. It, it dumps session cookies. It blocks third party cookies and it doesn't record which pages you visit. Correct. And, uh, you know, okay. So dumping session cookies, when you close that effectively logs you out of sessions which i mean that's valuable it blocks third-party cookies which does in fact kill third-party trackers something that really benefits a company like google who only uses first-party trackers and trackers that are built into the browser you're running yes so they're still Um, tracking you and it doesn't record what pages you visited how is that useful uh if you have a distrustful spouse in your and 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 also there's only one computer in your house yeah yeah, then you don't want that to be glaringly obvious when somebody goes to history or when they start typing in the URL and they're trying to go to like, you know, big lots to go find I mean, some there, something. There's that, plenty of URLs that I visit, like The Guardian, like Ars Technica, that I probably would be embarrassed if people found out I visited those sites. But I'm the only one who uses this computer, so I'm not worried about that. And right. I wouldn't be dumb enough to tell people on a podcast that I go to those sites either, would I? Um. I think. Oh, you, shit. Yeah. But see, if you were using the same computer and, you know, your wife wants to go to Big Lots and she types in big, I can only imagine what would come up as you come up in your browser. <laughs> uh-huh. 
would not be good. This could cause divorces. So it's like this. Yeah. This is why the Bemrose marital advice, buy your wife, her own computer. Yes. And don't give her the (laughs) password to yours ever, right? Ever encrypt everything. Plausible deniability. It's all AI, sweetie. It's all AI. That's the reason it's all the AI. So if you were, it's all the AI. I mean, a $5 billion settlement, which what does that mean per person for if Google has to give like $5 billion to stupid people who thought that they were protected when they were doing all sorts of crazy illegal things in a uh, in a incognito browser. It's like, uh, what does it say? I'm I'm not convinced that the I'm not convinced that that settlement made any sense. No, but. I mean, Google, I, I'm all for punishing Google, but the idea that, hey, these people are too stupid to know how a browser works. Yes. And to not really look into it because it was never said I, that they weren't tracking you. It said what I, it did. It was very clear when you go to the incognito mode by going into incognito mode, all the things you listed, it will not be saved in a record here. It will not be this, but it's like it never said you wouldn't be tracked. I I, I mean. The crux of the issue, or at least of the complaint, was that Google was being deceptive. They were pushing for, they they were advertising that you get privacy when you're in this mode, which is incorrect. And imagine that Uh, Google is has got a bunch of totally lying people in their their marketing department. Who knew? Uh, But yeah, if you actually tried to research it, they it was here is the what it does now. If you don't know what it means to delete a session cookie, right, and you don't bother doing any research and you get all of your information from health videos on YouTube and unskippable ads, maybe you're just sitting here going, well, I trust Google entirely. Of course, what they say is right and they say it's private and so it should be private. And oh, no, I was... I was completely fooled and now my data is out there. Somebody give me $5 million. Uh-huh, billion. Billion. I'm sorry, billion. It's a lot. I'm like, there's, I mean, I know there's a lot of people using browser, the, you know, the Chrome browser, but that's a lot per person. It doesn't really break it down here. I wonder how many people, you know, everybody's all in. So everybody's gonna be like, oh, that that's me. So 5 billion after probably lawyer fees, everybody's going to get, and it's never cash. It'll be something like, well, here's a $5 credit to the play store. Okay, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you have used the Chrome browser anytime in the last 20 years, then here is your check for 3.7 cents out of that settlement. Uh-huh. Congratulations. You're now rich. Yeah. Don't trust. I've been anybody. part of settlements like that. And the, what I decided is what you do is you get the settlement check issued and then you just put it in a drawer forever because that has to stay on their books until all of those are checked. <laughs> Well, yeah, because most of them are not worth cashing. I think the only one that was, and I think I even missed out on this one. I don't remember if I even went through. was the one where the PlayStation, was it the two or three that said, okay, you can run Linux on it and then decided, no, we're not going to let you run Linux. And it was like, ended up being like $100 per every user. But most of them, you're right. They're like five bucks. That was the PlayStation three. And I do remember because the, the PS three was the obvious choice over the Xbox 360, which otherwise was the first, the Xbox 360 was the first part where Sony even noticed that Microsoft was in the console market. Cause they started to really rock the games. And 
Sony came out with their PlayStation 3 like a year later and said, well, you can play all the games you want to. Also, you can play the PlayStation 2 game because the PlayStation 2, Sony just owned the whole market. And they like, we can play the old games and you can run Linux too. And then people bought it, started like putting it together and making Linux clusters out of it. They said, oh, hold on. We're not making money on the games because you're not, you're only buying the hardware. And they removed it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, which is, I mean, I think it was, maybe it was the PlayStation 2 is what uh, Baron Spud the Mighty says. I believe it was. That's the one I've got, which I love. I still have one sitting here. Maybe I should see if, can I still put Linux on it? Can I hack it? There's got to be a way to do it. Make it into something you, useful because I haven't turned I, this thing on. You can put Linux on anything if you if you push hard enough. If you just hack this. I installed bitch. Linux on a Christmas tree once. <laughs> okay, explain what that was all about. I had a, a Slackware install CD that I just put uh, one of the branches through the hole and uh, bent it up a little bit. And for the remainder of that Christmas season, there was an install CD on the tree. Good times. So I installed Slackware on my Christmas tree. That must've been one hell of a tree, man. And if you know anything about Slackware, this was probably the most useful installation of that distro ever. Could you SSH into the tree? I, I could drunkenly stumble into the tree. Does that count? Yeah, that's close enough. Close enough for a dude named Ben named Ben. My name's not Ben. Oh, dude. I know I am a dude named Ben named Bem. Oh, that's close. Close. That's very close. We all need to learn Nick's OS because void zero says it is the best. Why does Nick have an OS void zero Nick OS? Oh, I don't no, know. That, why that would be Mark's one. OS, right? It's Mark OS, right? It's, it's, it's <laughs> void OS coming yes, soon. Yes. Coming so all these uh, things to learn, but at least you don't have to learn Ansible anymore. I don't think I might. I might. One never knows. One in four CEOs plans to replace workers with AI. Well, they plan to, but How, can they? No. How was that for a segue, by the way? Oh, it was great. We have the best segues around. They're even better than the ones you can buy. Uh, it's it's tough. Uh, I, I looked at this and said, and therefore three and four companies have a future. <laughs> Well, we'd like to be this, able to use AI. So uh, this one here's here, let me stop me as soon as you figure out why this really caught my eye. Not just because, oh, it has AI in the headline. That was that was why it was even in my list. But uh, it was a PWC poll and it was harder than I expected to figure out what the hell PWC is. They used to be known as PricewaterhouseCooper, but somewhere they actually changed the name of the company to PWC. I, the only reason I can think of it, I don't remember anything about that company, but the only thing I can think of is that there was apparently bad press attached to it. That why else would you change the name? But, Way easier to just say the initials. It's like CSB. No, no, not with the letter W in there. W takes more syllables than most words that have W in it. Oh, you know, you're right. Cause W same amount yeah. of syllables as CSB. <laughs> so according to this poll, this poll uh, was uh, CEOs of companies were asked about AI as they attended the annual World Economic Forum in Davos. Oh, welcome to Davos. <laughs> and when they were asked, the majority expressed interest in generative AI, because if you're a CEO, you have to. I'm just putting this out there right now. If you don't express an interest in generative AI in today's technological climate, your shareholders will throw your ass out because that is the buzzword <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. You know what dealing with human beings 
is like if you have somebody that you need to be able to say answer the phone or answer an email with product related questions at this point i actually think a large language model would give more accurate results than a human if you program the information yeah, if you've incorrectly. got 15 or 20 minutes on the phone waiting for it to finish its fucking response well yeah because it's going to be verbose it wants to know how your day is what's been going on uh, it needs could- to talk to you about the the nature of why you asked the question it, like it fucking sigmund freud wrote some of these models you know what How's the weather outside? Well, we first need to discuss what the concept of weather means. Right. Well, it's like the Eliza. What do you think it means? Yeah. So one of the questions that was on the poll was, do you expect AI to provide other new benefits, including allowing for headcount reduction? 25% of the CEOs said yes to that. And that makes sense because at the very least, do you even need receptionist anymore you know the ones in the company that had five or six people that would answer the phone just to be able to direct the call in the right way ai is already at that point where it can understand if somebody says you know hey welcome to grumpy old bands who would you like to speak to if they say darren the call gets routed to me if they say ryan it goes to you the ai can already do that and if they say gummy nerds then the ai goes into a loop and smoke comes out of its ears well no well then there's messages that are sent to the fbi cia mi6 <laughs> pwc Everybody, yeah i mean gummy nerds i hear might be db cooper so i i, I want to repeat the 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 poll question because think about this one if if you were a ceo of a large corporation and you were stepping out of your private jet on the way to davos which by the way there is some selection bias right there well yeah but sure and you're like hey would um, you let an ai fly your plane and yeah. be like fuck no do you expect ai to provide other new benefits including allowing for headcount reduction and pwc took the answer to that 25 percent said yes to that and pwc said one quarter of ceos are expecting to reduce headcount by due to generative ai well, that's not I don't exactly get that what they from said. that question. That's no. not what the, the well, first of all, the question is asking two things. Do you expect it to provide benefits or allow for headcount reduction? Yes. I, 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 I am surprised that not 90 percent of that. Of course, I think AI is going to provide some benefit. Yeah, I mean, and maybe including allowing for headcount reduction. Correct. Two totally I, different questions, though. Yeah. And so I, I got I got some issues with PwC. I got some issues with. With the fact that they only pulled at Davos, I got some issues with CEOs in general of tech companies. I, I got issues. Okay, now that's going to be an ISO. <laughs> I, I was preparing for that. It, it was it was on its way. Well written. Um, they also pointed out that more than thirty five percent of CEOs in the entertainment industry said yes to the question, which would, if you recall, be an industry hit by union strikes with a whole bunch of people who are bitching and whining that ai is going to take their jobs yeah yeah rightfully so they can already write better than them they can probably edit better which you know these are the kind of things that i think will be very beneficial to people like us who produce our own show i believe decentralization well decentralization is good because editing these shows is a pain in the ass because it takes a lot of time but that's what ai is for AI will be able to do that. They'll be able to go, okay, we know where your filler words are. We can remove those. We can do 
you know, the beautiful thing when we want to take a week off, we never have anything in the can. I think AI no. will be great at, hey, here's 200 episodes of Grumpy Old Ben's make us a best of. Oh, my God. That'll fit two hours. That would be awesome. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Because you realized how awesome it would be? That might be it. Yes. It's like, damn, finally. I, either that or AI. you're just. I, I'm just imagining you you do your raw live to tape and then you take the recording and you're like, hey, AI, would you clean up all of the important, you know, clean up the the stop words, the crutch, like, right. make it better. And suddenly you sound like you're on NPR. Welcome to Grumpy Old Ben's. Today we'll be discussing AI and its effect yeah. upon the universe. Like how to turn your entire, one click to turn your entire podcast into ASMR. We're here with Ryan Bemrose, a expert in the field, formerly of Microsoft. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm not. <laughs> and I never want to. I never want to do it at all. Not, not in that voice. Well, I know, but see, that's how some shows do it. And people are like, wait, that sounds no, way better. No, that voice is a moaner. I am a screamer. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, and the two <laughs> shall never meet in the middle. Damn in fact, AI. I am a ranter in bed. Uh, oh. And then you see the story on the AI that uh, somebody produced a whole, and I'm going to put air quotes around comedy special as an AI George Carlin. And I guess his daughter's all upset about it. It's like, but you can't keep people from doing this. They tell you it's AI. It's all, this is going to be a very interesting case moving forward as we've talked about with copyright and with, uh, if I may go out on a limb, not, you know, copyright and legal issues, notwithstanding, uh, she didn't make his material. No. And he doesn't care. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> so it, it's a harder case to prove that this yeah. is harming anybody. This is. Well, it's maybe it's hard. It, it, I mean, the uh, it would be argued in court that this is harming the market for reruns of george's material right which is what she said there are like he did 14 or 15 full-length specials they're available go watch those yeah they're all available on the pirate bay and what they tried to do was make a george carlin take on current things and it just i didn't listen to a lot of it but the clips that i kind of went through this thing and sampled here and there it was horrible I mean, I agree. I don't know. How, Sir Omaha saying the same thing. It was terrible. I don't know how much you listened to, but it was just overall not well, a good sounding. I mean, the voice. You I've can, not listened to it, but given my general position on the quality of the stuff that comes out of chat GPT, I would not expect anything less. Yes. Yes. And I mean, that's the question of who owns what when uh, Carolyn Blaney of the hog story Blaney's in the troll room in the morning. The. Do you own your voice and that as of yet, people don't own the voice you because people no, don't sound like you. The case law actually holds that voice is not something you can own, which is uh, something that a lot of people want changed. Because when you can say, hey, well, we obviously know that they're trying to make this sound like George Carlin. But especially, you know, if they were to try to deceive you into being like, oh, this is an unearthed George Carlin audio that nobody's ever heard it doesn't sound like there's any deception right there's no deception if you're right up front and say this is an ai thing we made it we don't care if you like it or not but with here's what it is and they're free to do that there's going to be i'm sure court cases about all this kind of stuff yeah but where it's going to go not really sure 
it'll be interesting, no doubt. And I mean, we're getting noticed even by the the AIs because we just got a boost from comic strip blogger who says, you bastards, you have stolen AI dot cooking. How dare you? Uh, everything but the domain. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, CSB from www.csb.lol. Well, you know, if he would start doing a podcast, then I wouldn't have to look up all these stories because trust me, this is no picnic reading AI article after AI article. As many as there are. It, yeah, he came in with 4848. And if you would provide us with the uh, information, CSB, we would gladly attribute you and uh, give the information out because you actually if he wants to just if he wants to write a script, I will go ahead and, and do that show just because uh i always need things to rant about yes this is true i'm not quite as entertaining as Gwiff was but yeah, sometimes but you, you was, had a better delivery i think I, I, it's my day job <laughs> no i mean Gwiff was a little too flowery in his delivery you come across more like a tech guy Gwiff came a more like a uh a uh a pompous Actor. royal yes exactly a royal they said that yeah yeah same thing i think we're saying the same thing yeah we keep we keep this is the problem it's almost like we're married we no see that would be arguing all the time yeah that's what i said a day seven days a week uh do you remember futurism the show uh i don't either or the concept Uh, they were no there's a publication called that and i don't remember much about them but uh no i I, don't trying to transition into my last AI story before we go to our, our lack of donations. Uh, the, uh, I got to, I got to this one when talking about the, the pull of the CEOs and uh, futurism was linked in the article. And this one, they were apparently the company who showed who, who were outed. They outed sports illustrated for making stories that were AI generated and credited to non-existent writers. Right. Okay. That I remember that was just a few weeks ago. Yeah. That wasn't long ago, Well, th- they ended up writing a big part of the, I, I got into this story. You know what? I shouldn't have even brought them up because frankly, it wasn't very good writing, but the, the thing that they were the only ones who were saying that maybe these CEOs ought to slow down their AI role and brought up the example of, Sport using sport or sports illustrated making stories and crediting those stories to non-existing writers and how uh, futurism is taking credit for getting the CEO laid off of sports illustrated. And the only thing I wanted to call out is uh, that apparently now everybody at sports illustrated is laid off. Yeah. Going so, away. <laughs> well, so what is going on there? And is it because of AI? No, I think it's because it turned into a shit publication. Wait, I, he, I predicted the downfall when they started putting uh, trans and 80 year old women in the swimsuit issue and fatties don't want fatties in the swimsuit issue. No, that was their one thing a year where every kid that wasn't quite old enough to buy a Playboy yet or even the ones that were, but they were too embarrassed to do not, that. Not old enough to buy a Playboy and not crafty enough to swipe one. Right. I mean, do they even, I don't, the Playboy's not around either now, but this is uh, showing you where the uh, market mine are. is going for uh, new ones or anyway. Are you still, are you publishing them yourself? <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants that. No, nobody. No, does. no. I'm talking the, the ones that I've managed to keep the pages. So they still come apart. 
woke illustrated is more what a digi guru said it turned into yeah. and unfortunately people don't want to have politics mixed into their sports it's one place you should be able to go uh, just kind of like i would like to be able to get tech news and i had a i don't probably won't get to it but a tech and radar. here you're getting sports illustrated instead i know i have another tech radar article that was just you know they are so anti-republican that it's like you no longer can produce stories that are worthwhile because you're that far down the rabbit hole. But that is why Sports Illustrated went away, not because of AI, although I think anybody that still had even a little bit of faith that what they were buying into when you put money into Sports Illustrated, because I believe it was still a physical thing. I'm sure they have a website as well, but I think they still published maybe once every two weeks or once a month. Now it's not anywhere where it used to be because it was weekly at one time, but I think once you lose, uh, it's been very weekly. Yeah. You days. lose the faith though. Once people are like, well, there's not even real people writing this garbage. They, they were definitely publishing it weekly. Yes. There's nothing strong about it. No. And that's the problem with very weekly and not weekly. So, I mean, that was yeah. weekly and not weekly totally killed it. So see, I too, I've seen the memes. I've listened to random thoughts. I too, my first thought was, of course, Sports Illustrated is going away because of, because they went woke and I wanted to check. And so I went to the real authoritative source, the people who absolutely would know woke or not woke. I went to NPR. Oh yeah. No, thank you uh, for coming to NPR for all of your fine needs to find out what's now, going on. I just wanted to call out according to NPR. It had nothing to do with wokeness. The only reason why Sports Illustrated shut down was because they failed to pay their licensing fees imposed by the magazine's parent company. Uh, the Sports Illustrated is published by Arena Group and Authentic Brands Group, the parent company, ended their agreement with SI Publisher, quote, as a result of the company's failure to pay its quarterly license fee, despite being given a notice of breach and an opportunity to cure the breach. So. Clearly, this was not had nothing to do with with what they were publishing or any. It was just they ran out of money and couldn't and why pay did their they run parent out of publisher. Money? That's the why question. did they run out of money? You know, funny NPR didn't say why they ran out of money because they went woke. <laughs> That's why it's sad. I mean, but all of these things are destined to go away because no matter how good of a publication you're not fast enough anymore sports illustrated could be doing fine content in its paper form but that would die because the internet because nobody wants a paper form right you know i yeah. the anything that is timely i mean playboy screwing it up surprised me more because the stuff that they were producing was not instantaneous timely you need it right now you could produce something and mail it out and not have to feel like you're behind the curve where sports news yeah. people want that the minute it happens. Yeah. Sports news is, is the kind of thing that you pretty much have to be like, you can't even publish a, a news website anymore and have it be timely. You pretty much have to be publishing 24 seven on Twitter or something. Sports news people. If, if the game is already over, nobody wants to know what happened in the first quarter. But but yeah, uh, Playboy, how can you screw that up? I Naked know. women are timeless. Yeah. 
Like, how did you? Well, then they went trans and everybody was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because in order to publish a magazine made up of naked women, there are only two elements you need. You need women and they need to be naked. Yeah. How did you screw this up, Playboy? They got confused. Well, there's a lot of people that are upset in Japan that Miss Japan just crowned is 100% Ukrainian. That okay. I guess the girl moved to Japan. When, when you said that she crowned, <laughs> I was thinking of something else. She uh, moved to Japan when she was like four or five years old. She speaks fluent Japanese, but there's a lot of you know, she's a naturalized citizen now. But a lot of people okay. are still like, well, how dare they? That's not she doesn't represent Japan. And I'm like, well, that's well, what well, a, a lot of people rude. are douchebag racists, yes. you know. Yes. I mean, I get it because they're like, well, she was born. She's 100 percent Ukrainian. She's not Japanese, but, you know, she lives in the country. So it's an interesting concept. Japan, not a country known for being a melting pot, though. We're the United States a little different. Japan, they are much more with their tradition. In the United States, we welcome people from all over the world on laws be damned. Yeah, they just come on in. Come on (laughs) in. Boobery with 3333. Computer, please generate a GOB centerfold. Thank you. Oh, God. Oh, keep that away. From, I, I, I want to keep my lunch. Thank you. That's not very nice, Boobery. Even though we are a value for value podcast here. We still believe in value for value for value. We put these shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to listen to them and you get to decide if you've gotten any value whatsoever. And if you did get that value back to us in a variety of ways, one of those is monetarily. You can go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. Click the donate button if you don't hate PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. There's a P.O. box. You can stream us some Satoshis. As a lot of people have been doing throughout the show, go to newpodcastapps.com. Or now you can just go to podcastapps.com to find out more. First and foremost today, we got to thank Huzed, who sent in $45 and said he didn't need to be get a call out or a mention. But, you know. At 45 bucks, we have to mention you, who's Ed. That, that requires a mention. He said, I've only been catching your show for a couple of months, and the episode that underscored the stupidity of turn it off and back on again resonated. I'm an old <laughs> fart as well and recognize the importance of returning some value. Red Pilled America podcast made that point so well. Support what you love or it will go away. Thank you so much for your valuable content. So maybe he did get the wrong show. I, it could be. Well, you know, we did. A, a couple of years back, we did turn our podcast off and then back on again. And it worked. It worked because now we have a fraction of the audience we had back then. The I'm so the thing popped up from NVIDIA right before I went to go have lunch, which is like an hour before this show. And I mean, I already had the browser window open, ready to send the alert to that the show was lit. I had the tweets ready to go and all that. And the thing popped up NVIDIA ready to do a new video driver update and i'm like eh, what the hell did what? that didn't even reboot the computer what i know never update anything right before a show <laughs> i know i was like let's see what happens and it was fine it was or literally we'll see if i don't have a recording of the show we might be looking uh for a boobery or somebody why that- did you not mention this to me before <laughs> the show <laughs> we're just running amok now that's why then coming in i at- could i i would have been recording it you're like, I'll back up to the backup to the backup. You know, it's it's been so long now that I've stopped even running the secondary recorder because there's never been a problem. 
Of course. I, I actually do have a recorder running on this end, but given that it's only getting my voice, it would be a very different show. Oh, it'd be a much better show, though. Much better. Our buddy Blom yeah, came just, in. You know Blom. I know Blom. B10M. Yeah, came in with 30 bucks, says Grump on Ben's no jingles, no karma. Uh, I can work with that. I mean, we don't, we don't give any. karma on this show. I mean, we can give karma, but we don't have jingles. So, I mean, I mean we can jingle your karma, but that's a little extra. Uh, I, sorry, I. this is not that kind of massage parlor. Our buddy Bacon Dude, it's been a while. He's coming in with $25. He says, hey, Bacon Dude here, been a listener for a long time. Yes, we know. What did we say last week? That- I don't know. <laughs> well, that was the. I sent you that message at one point. Like, did we do something the last show? Because all of a sudden, people are donating. And uh, I mean, we we did the standard no agenda thing of whining and berating our listeners for not donating enough. If did you that don't not work? donate, Bemrose is gonna kill a cat. Was that we did something like that? I might do that anyway. <laughs> Just a Friday. Get me up at five a.m. Yeah, it's like time for me <laughs> to get some ham, baby. The, the cat. Cat was on suicide watch at 530 this morning. (laughs) Bacon dude says, love the commentary. I have been running a small podcast called the Bacomega show. B-A-E-C-O-M-E-G-A. And I'm making music and talking about it. I hope this humble donation keeps you going just a tiny, tiny bit. Thank you, Bacon dude. I messaged him back. I'm like, I found his music like around... Right before Christmas, I think like right before I had the coves or flus or whatever I had. And I just came across that and we used to make some really cool tunes, man. Some very, uh, you know, ambient kind of sounds. And it's spelled funny, so it's hard to find. I appreciate that with the show, too. So B-A-E-C-O-M-E-G-A. Look that up on your favorite podcasting app. And if it's lit, send that guy some Satoshis. If it's not, Bacon Dude, get it lit. It's the only way to go. And our buddy, Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, that's a monthly $25 coming in. That guy, he is the patron saint of podcasts. He streams Satoshis. He sends in donations. He is just an overall uh, good dude. We'll have to look at some point. People are going to start hitting that guru status without even knowing it. I would bet that there have been some people who already have. So we have to do if you got to. I mean, do obviously that not cold acid. No, no. Some he, people. He just he went man overboard. He's like, once you rebooted the show, it was never the same. I don't know why. I thought we came back even stronger. See, uh, turn it off and turn it off back on again. You get rid of all of the freeloaders. Exactly. And There's, the people who donate and they're tired. Of, uh, anyway, they, very uh, rare this might not be working well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anastasia Treckles coming in with her monthly 1010. Thank you. And then we had a bunch of the boosts. I think we uh, we gave you CSBs already. Sir Truck Driver with the Rolling On Show. You want to check that out. He came in with 3333. Uh, we just had Booberries, 3333. Memes came in with 2702. Leet boosting the split. People taking social media seriously. Rug pulls to the left of me. Rug pulls to the right of me. I'm just decentralized in the middle of you, Noster. And then he says, Killdozer build. How much to boost this into existence? Everybody wants the Bemrose Killdozer. I don't know uh, if that's safe. I want the Bemrose Killdozer. If that's not really safe. Uh, Speedy no, Bubble. No, not even close. Who Safe. Wanted, Speedy Bubble wanted those. If you ads. want safe, go listen to NPR. Yeah, this is not safe. We do not provide a safe listening environment. 
Speedy Bubble had the one, two, three, four, and the idea that those ads should all be for the funeral homes. Joel W. with the 1111. I saw Dale Jr. and Eric PP that were streaming some Satoshis. And by all the little beeping I'm hearing, there's uh, some stuff coming in right as we speak. Let's see uh, what we have here. We have NetNed with 3333 who says, if I donate, will Bemro still kill a cat? Cats are dicks. So, I don't know. Do you want me to? So, I mean, I don't know what the amount is. is I, 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 unclear. Are, are you asking me to, or are you trying to prevent it? That's kind of the question. I'm willing to work with you on this one. Just like I was having a conversation. Donate more to, to clarify. With uh, my buddy, sir, 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 seat sitter. And he said uh, somebody that was being a dick to him. And it was somebody that lives in my area here, but there's no, I'm not going to mention any names. And I'm like, you know, the guy lives around here and I have baseball bats. And he just responded with LOL. So I sent up a meme back that said, that's not a no. <laughs> just yeah. saying. Lavish and I would like to point out that I am a considerate enough broadcaster not to mention the name when you're dancing around it. Exactly. Unlike some people on this show. <laughs> Lavash came in with 99.99 and said, hey, thanks for killing that cat. So I don't know what this is. The, <laughs> this is the cat killing. I don't know show. what that was. Uh, Boobery, another 3333. Darren, I too have become a pre-show guy. If you want some boostable music, check out behind before the squeams. B4TS does have its own feed in a podcasting 2.0 app. Yeah, that's the show that Boobery does that's, before. That is, that is a quality show. It's quality music that you can boost, things you've never heard, things that are part of this new podcasting 2.0 revolution in music. So it's music In fact, 2. his show 0. is 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 one of the well, I I need more still, but it is one of the shows on the V4V music stream, which if you if you want the no agenda stream experience of just random podcasts that are constantly being updated, but the only podcasts you want are music shows, we have a stream for that. Ooh, I don't know if many people knew that. But, well, uh, have you ever told them where to find it or did you just no. launch it with no one? No, I am the world's worst marketer. He's like, well, I launched it. Did you tell anybody where it was? Oh, no, no. Why would I tell? No, because no, it's a very, very exclusive stream. If you don't know where it is, you can't listen. I mean, we'll be testing. Was this on the brand new, uh, the servers yet? Or is this still on the old ones? It is on. Uh, the brand new servers are probably so new that I have no idea. It is, it is exactly the same infrastructure that is running the no agenda stream. So if the no agenda stream has been moved over, no, not yet. Void's been dealing with some stuff. It's going to be a yeah. brand new instance of the liquid soaps and all this. We're going to be brand new and shiny. Yeah. You'll see. Oh, that, you know what? That's the things that he was trying to tell me about while I was busy doing a live show. Right. And you're like, what? <laughs> Don't bother me. Podcasting. And I'm like, I'm really not going to be reading liquid soap docs while I'm podcasting. Give me, give me a couple hours. I'll be back. And I tell you that uh, Ainsley Costello was really impressed with Boobery, the Mothman of the Miniocalypse, for doing the things he did to bring her show into yes. the ecosystem, into the streamage world, into I all heard good things. I heard about that on Podcasting 2.0, and then I went out and caught the re-recording or the recording of it or whatever it was I found that I, I that guy knows how to put together a production. Everything about that whole thing was pretty awesome. Uber is a legend. 
And now he's typing very quickly. ISO, ISO. <laughs> the NA millennial came in with 5,000 Satoshis, says, you left as Windows 7 and came back as Windows 11. That's, a, what? that's one hell of a reboot, I guess. Okay, yeah, fuck you too. <laughs> hey, I'm not even on Windows 11. It I'm not even on Windows there. 7. Oh, uh-huh. They, every time, man, it's like, oh, although you, I did, I did work on Windows 7. Windows 11 is available and you can upgrade to that for free right now. I'm like, I just want you to know, and I, I know I've told the story before, but uh, if, if you used Windows 7 for any kind of audio production, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, well, you do and a I lot don't, of testing. I don't mean I was part of a team or anything. I mean, me personally, I was one of the direct driving reasons why audio did not suck in between XP and Windows 7. You deserve everybody's thanks eternally. Carolyn yes, Blaney. I do. But, but also I did the Windows 7 thing. Oh, yeah, that too. Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's coming in with a thousand sats says, Stats for Bemrose's Bemdozer. Bemrose Dozer. No, I think it would just be like a Bemdozer. A Bemroser. Bemroser. Bemroser Dozer. That's it. A Bemroser <laughs> Dozer. Here you go. And for the cats. I mean, again, do you people want the cats dead? Or do you want this is for like the cats to be cared for? It's you're not being very clear. But one of those is clearly gonna happen. Yes. Right. Which one? It's he's just gonna flip a coin or a cat. In fact, I tell you what. If you want the cats dead, donate and let me know. And if you want the cats to live, donate and let, let me, me know. know. Yeah, that works. But thank you to everybody. A nice long list today of people who are paying attention, listening. And that is what is most appreciated. And the financial stuff is also very nice, nice. especially with the P.O. box being one hundred and sixty eight dollars a year now or sixty six. Wow. Yeah, I know for the smallest one. I mean, originally. Before but you do use the P.O. box for like 13 shows. Uh-huh. I mean, I, uh, I mean, let the big box that we were originally using shut down because it's like nobody's using the uh, nobody's using it. And then I opened up the small box and it's like more now for the small one than the big one used to be. It's nuts. And, and you don't even have to store any mail distant for, you know, your co-hosts. No, I know. And it won't even let that into the box. At least we found out that went back. Like, come on. It's just- at, at least it went back and didn't just disappear. Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking happened because it looked like a Christmas card and there was some, a little plastic card in there with like his uh, GPS thing. I just imagine there's some postal worker at a central office who like everything that bounces just opens it like, oh, hey, new watch for me. Uh-huh, this is new gift. Didn't have an address on it. Nope. It has to happen all the time. I mean, we've had stuff. You, you imagine the I, there's got to be. I mean, they can't all be honest. No. But to, I mean, I, I really do think that most of them are, but they can't all be <laughs> It's just people. Well, in this case, so, with the P.O. box, the fact that it sent me a picture of that thing, of that envelope and then didn't deliver it. It's like, when does it take wait, the picture? I'm like, oh, and my on, wife wait. said, we finally have a fucking postal employee who's like, oh, wait, this name doesn't match. Yeah, it, and and it should have. OK, yeah. So I had. I had one last AI story that I reserved because wait, wait, I didn't wait. think that the before you get the, into this in the troll oh, yeah. room, you should be in trollroom.io when we do these shows live on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central. No beret asked what happened to the grumpy today. What the fuck do you mean? What happened to the grumpy? What kind of there a was, fucking uh, see, question is that? 
There was a cat at 530 this morning. I don't need to say anymore. It's extra grumpy. Oh, is that what he means? There's extra grumpy. Are you meaning there's not enough grumpy? What kind of question is that? No parade. Every time I call he him, he hasn't no even registered an opinion as to whether or not he thinks my cat should live or die. No. Yeah. No beret. Dead or alive. Which of the cat? You're going to be the, the one making the choice. You want dead this is cats? the Schrodinger's cat show of. Yes. This is going to be brand GB. new. Brad new. Larry's every time I call him no parade, Larry says no or no beret. He's like, no, it's no parade. I'm like, okay. Because that's what it came up on, like the Google Translate. You know, it's it's the hog story shtick where they look at what Google got from the names and the stuff that people leave in the messages. How do we know it's not actually Nobberit? It could be Nobberit. He said the cat stole the grumpy. Like, do you think this is us in a good mood? This is about as good as it gets, really. (laughs) Especially if we're talking to each other. Right. That usually just goes poorly. I mean, if you can think of a better way to sour the mood. That's what I know. It's time to turn off the computer. It is now safe to turn off the. Oh, it's not safe yet. Okay. But we Uh, thank everybody for listening, for donating and being just great experts. You're an expert if you donate. If you get to $1,000, you're a guru. Only Jay Finley has gotten to be a guru, and he is a legend even more than Boobery. So donate. Donation is love. Love donation is, is love yeah and and connection is protection i heard that somewhere oh and did you I'm still not sure i haven't I... been mentioning taylor swift enough so should we do a taylor swift uh, no segment? and you could have you could have not done that right now i just <laughs> i just threw up a little bit in your mouth you're welcome Ew. okay what do you got <laughs> i i saved one story because i thought that the donation segment be a lot shorter and so i was like well i gotta fill time at the end and now i don't need to fill time but For the first time in 30 years, since 1994, when they added the Windows key to keyboards, Microsoft is adding another one. What? And apparently they're the ones who get to decide what all keyboards look like. Was IBM in the beginning? But yeah, if you've got a Windows key on your keyboard in between control and alt, yeah, you've got Microsoft to blame for that. Well, they're adding another one. Uh Uh-oh. They are adding a copilot key. Which I uh, already, this is an AI story. Uh, in Windows 10 and Windows 11, pressing the Copilot key will launch the Copilot Generative AI Assistant. In early Windows 10, I guess it would uh, launch Cortana. Uh, it is a one click. So now you have the ability when you are typing out something to accidentally launch ChatGPT on your system or whatever the hell it, it's got running. Uh, the, the thing that, that up until now, you have had to use the forgettable and cumbersome combination of Windows key plus C to launch, or I don't know, open the start menu and click it, which is a pretty good indication that you actually want the stupid thing running. Now right. you can just accidentally bump the keyboard with your coffee cup and it's asking you a question and giving you 12 paragraphs back of bullshit. Well, Cortana sucked. I wonder if this thing's any better. Probably not. I don't know. I, I do not have Windows 11. Uh, therefore, I do not know what Microsoft Copilot is or does. I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. I, I, I'm, it. It seems to be their AI offering. At least that's what they said. The generative AI assistant, which may or may not be there. But Microsoft has issued, Microsoft hardware has issued a spec for a new key on the keyboard 
that when pressed will immediately launch your AI assistant. I, I, I had a phone five years ago now, Samsung, that had on the sides of it, it had the usual, the power button, the volume up, the volume down, and another button yep. that every damn time I put the phone down, the Bixby button, yep. it would bring up an AI assistant. I've got that phone. Which sucked, by the way. The, the beauty was, I don't know if it was right at the beginning, but they did eventually allow people to remap that button. So I turned that button into opening up my email app. So at least that was somewhat. Did you want that every time you set the phone on the desk? I mean, I don't accidentally hit it. So, I mean, this. I want to remap the button to nothing. Well, this is what you should be able to do on your keyboard with Windows as well. Get something like auto hotkey, which I've been using for way longer than I care to admit that you can just remap things or make your own shortcuts. And I really like that. That was the one thing I missed from the Apple software from their operating system was the ability to hit the space bar and the alt key and have just a box come up what you want to type. And then it'll give you your programs. It'll look through documents and all that. And that's all available now through the Windows uh, Power Toys which is a free thing you can download from Microsoft. Uh, it's way more helpful than trying to go to the Windows key or the little whatever to launch things. You just hit the Alt key in the space bar, a little box comes up, you type in what you want, and you can just launch directly See, from I, there. I, I have that on my system. It's You hit the Windows key plus R, and it brings up the run dialog, which is a command line. Yes. Or, yeah. or I Alt-tab to the PowerShell window, which I always have open. Because yeah, console, of, console input forever. All of my auto hotkeys do bring up Taylor Swift. That's true. Dug it up. Well, the hotkey. Hello. Hey, it's a, there you go. Hey, oh, <laughs> it's technology yeah, it's not called an auto ugly key. Exactly. It's auto hotkey. That's when you make your. Oh, that's why all of my auto hotkeys bring up porn as well. Yeah. Makes those uggos hot. That's what you get auto hotkey for. So uh, Microsoft has not indicated whether whether or not it would be required to put this key on keyboards but uh the the when asked this by Ars Technica uh they said well the key isn't mandatory for now but i expect it would be logo required for windows 11 quote over time um logo required logo is the system by the way if you have the little made for windows sticker made for windows 9 made for windows 13 whatever uh then there is a battery of tests that you have to pass. Microsoft puts out the tests. And if you are making a computer, you have to pass these tests to get the little made for windows sticker. And the reason you would want that sticker is because there are a lot of outlets out there that only sell computers. If they are made for windows, it's, it's kind of a cool little racket. Yeah, and when like I, it. and when I say, uh, you can thank me for audio. That is because I was in the position of writing some of those logo tests. And one of the tests that I wrote was the one it, it, way back in Windows XP. If you had a computer, it was always well known that when you, you know, if you built your own computer, which was something people did back then, yeah, you, you always had to get time. an ad on sound card, a sound blaster or something like that. Yeah, sound blaster Why? usually was creative, had a lot of good sound cards. Creative had a lot of good stuff. Because onboard audio was crap. They would do fun things like run the analog audio trace right next to the CPU power core, uh, trace. Oh, yeah. Or oh, yeah. Yes. The, the floppy drive 
data signal would be right you know, would be running parallel with unshielded wires right next to the audio line or something like that and you'd get buzzes you'd get hums you'd get ground loops you'd get like audio was utter crap on motherboards back in the day and we decided we didn't want that and so uh we the audio team decided we wanted audio to be better i ryan bemrose wrote the test that people would not get the made for windows it was vista made for windows vista logo unless they could pass some really basic audio quality tests and when i say basic what i mean is uh you had to have a 24 db of dynamic range you had to be able to put out uh, a a sine wave at uh -3 dbfs and not have it be distorted uh you had to have enough dynamic range that it could get up to 17.2 kilohertz without more than 20 dB of fall off. These are, and if you're an audio guy or you know what I'm talking about, these are the most lax, terrible restrictions. And what I just described actually sounds bad, but it was a whole lot better than, than what you got with XP because right. the people building those boards did not have a clue. And they, it, we pretty much forced them to go higher audio engineers to figure out what the hell I just said and tell really obvious things like, like you don't run your power supply ground through the audio jack. <laughs> yes, please. No, <laughs> you know, they, they just like things that it, they're not super obvious because you have to understand audio. But once you have somebody who understands audio, they'll point at this and say, yeah, okay, that is an unshielded microphone wire. You either need to shield it or you need to run it somewhere that is nowhere the hell near anything metal. Right. I, a lot of anyway. the motherboard audio was horrible. Turtle Beach was the other one that made some decent sound cards, right? Was that? I think it was Turtle Beach. Back well, in not the in the Vista era. But, Maybe it was after but, that. Uh, Realtek was, was monumentally bad back then. But uh, and uh, I, I, anyway, starting NetNet, with Vista. Wait, they I didn't know about this. NetNet says there's an AI module for PowerShell. Can you get AI directly into your PowerShell? I wouldn't be surprised. There's a PowerShell module for everything. I bet there's a PowerShell module for throwing the cat off the bed at 530. Well, you should write that <laughs> if there's not <laughs> yeah, one not. already. So anyway, uh, yeah, they're talking about putting the logo, the requirement into the logo test, which means that you get any Windows computer and the keyboard will come with an AI key and you just push the key and automatically, hey, I'm Cortana, something like that. You know, it'll happen. Uh but the best part about this story, because I got this one from blogs.windows.com. You go was to blogs.windows.com? Huh? You go to blogs.windows.com? Uh, yeah, if, if I want a lot of corporate marketing speak, I do. Okay. It's good for the uh, show, I guess. I, I, I pulled some great quotes. So let me, like, this is going to inspire you. I want you. I want to leave you with this stuff. Just something to think on all day. The platform shift driven by AI innovation continues to grow rapidly and powerfully, fundamentally changing the way we use technology across work and life. You with me so far? Yeah, work and life. At, at Microsoft, we are committed to empowering people and organizations to adapt and thrive in this new age of AI. We've listened to feedback and doubled down to create an experience that helps people every day. We are energized by the stories that have been shared on how Copilot has inspired and empowered people. We will continue to build Windows to be the destination for the best AI experiences 
This will require an operating system that blurs the lines between local and cloud processing. I'm Did you inspired. get anything out of that? I am very inspired. Good, good. <laughs> now, can I go, hey, whatever this is called, AI, turn off all the tracking to Microsoft. Hey, AI, turn off Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> it's now safe to turn off your computer. <laughs> it is. It is. And you should do that. Go outside, touch grass, enjoy the beautiful weather. Before you it's turn not off actually your computer, though, uh, go out or not before you go out, boost, support the shows you love, keep them around. With that said, we will be back next week on Wednesday. Same grumpy time, same grumpy channel. We'll try to be more grumpy at uh, 1 p.m. Get on the Mighty No Agenda stream and find out if we have succeeded. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where even the black folk in Chicago are getting tired of the Democrats. <laughs> and I'm Ryan Bemrose from America's left coast. It is now safe to turn off your computer. Blue Douche informs me that the AI assistant is called Super Clippy. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs>